Broadcasting live from atop the Rocky Mountains, the crossroads of the West. West. You are listening to the Liberty Roundtable Radio Talk Show. Show. All right. Happy to have you along, my fellow Americans. Sam Bushman live on your radio. Hard-hitting news the networks refuse to use. No doubt kicks off now. This, my fellow Americans, is the broadcast for October, wow, August the 17th in the year of our Lord, 2021. This is our one of two and our goal always to protect life, liberty, and property and to promote God, family, and country on your radio and the traditions of our founding fathers. Yes, indeed, we use the blueprint for liberty, the supreme law of the land, the Constitution for the United States of America. That is our guide. And as you know, we reject revolution. We stand for peaceful restoration of the greatest country on the face of the earth. The solutions are at our fingertips, ladies and gentlemen. The checks and balances are what make America great, and that is one of the great peaceful restorative solutions we have at our fingertips. We need to be engaged, anxiously, actively engaged in our sacred republic and the carrying out the duty thereof. Welcome to Liberty Roundtable Live. Hope you're all doing absolutely fantastic. Normally, do we do a recap of the previous show. We're going to skip that. We'll do that later in the broadcast today. Now we've got an urgent uh, plea. Our buddy Pete Sepp, president of the National Taxpayers Union. The NTU, by the way, is the voice of America's taxpayers, partnering with citizens and elected officials to work together to have tax reform to reduce taxes. Rarely, rarely, rarely over the last 25-plus years I've been doing radio have I received a plea like this. Pete Sepp emails me, and he says, Sam, I'm emailing you with an urgent call to action to stop tax hikes oh i've never seen such an urgent plea by pete sepp and others this is serious business and pete sepp's here to tell us about it welcome back sir great to be here and i'm afraid it is very serious but the good news is we can do something about it there are probably a lot of folks out there listening right now who are saying well biden's in the white house democrats control both chambers of congress these tax increases, $3.5 trillion worth, by the way, are just going to go through. Uh, they've already gone through in part from the bipartisan infrastructure bill. What in the world can I do to stop them? The answer is a lot. They are not a done deal. And these next couple of weeks are the most critical, the most decisive in determining whether trillions of dollars in tax increases get loaded onto the backs of the American people or not. Ladies and gentlemen, that is our duty. That's where I talk about the checks and balances matter most, and we the people have a stake in the outcome. No doubt about it. Don't shirk your responsibility. Don't be deceived into uh, anything else but uh, action. Understand who we are. Pete says this, new taxes on the horizon. The numbers are mind-boggling. Let's get into the details a little bit because there's a lot of focus here that we can really have an impact on. Even if we don't stop the whole shooting match with the kit and caboodle, we can certainly shave off significant expenditures just by getting involved, Pete. Yeah, we absolutely can. And it's important to understand where everything is in the legislative process right now. I just spoke about the $1.2 trillion infrastructure bill. Lots of wasteful spending in there. It did pass the United States Senate just last week on a bipartisan vote, and many folks are saying, well, that's a done deal. Uh, The tax on chemicals, for example, that's going to be passed along to consumers and 
almost everything they buy, cars and trucks, energy products, think about it. Uh, there are 40 substances that will be taxed at higher rates. You'll pay that price in an era where we're already experiencing 5% plus inflation. Not a good idea. But this bill has not yet cleared the House of Representatives. Some analysts are saying, well, that's only a matter of time. The House is coming back next week in a special session. They're going to have a vote, and it's going to be passed. Not so. There are moderate Democrats, members of Speaker Nancy Pelosi's own party, who are saying, wait a minute, we not only have a problem with this infrastructure package, we also have a problem with the next big bill that's coming down the pike, the budget resolution that's going to implement trillions of dollars more in spending and tax increases. They have the key here to be able to slow down this bad legislation and even reverse some of it. Now, Pete, isn't it also true that houses that, or, I'm sorry, bills that deal with funding need to originate in the House too? So even though the Senate passed it, this is a huge symbolic kind of uh, dishonesty, a little bit, in the sense that, hey, you know, at the end of the day, it's going to have to originate in the House. It's going to have to be reconciled with the Senate and everything else. And so, even though it seems like, oh my gosh, it's already passed the Senate, it's ready for signature. It's not even close. No, no, it isn't. And there is—is is is that accurate, many- though? No, that is accurate, and there is a mini-revolt going on within House Democratic Party members who are saying, you know what, Uh, the 2022 election is actually around the corner. It may be 15-odd months away, 16-odd months away uh, to most people, but the campaign season is going to be gearing up in earnest in just a few more months. A lot of moderate Democrats who barely held on to their seats in 2020 are going to be saddled with voting for a tax increase, and they don't want that. Uh, They are pushing the Speaker to reduce the burdens that are in the infrastructure bill and this upcoming budget resolution. And boy, those burdens are huge. You're talking about rate increases in the corporate tax, rate increases in the individual tax, massive increases in the capital gains tax. And before we analyze this away or allow uh, liberals to drive the narrative here and say, well, this is only on rich people, not true. Even the corporate tax is ultimately paid for in part by labor, not by businesses themselves. Workers make less money. Investors get lower returns. Consumers get higher prices. Even the official tax scorekeeper, the Joint Committee on Taxation, says that $1 out of every four in corporate tax increases lands on the backs of the workers, not the big bosses. And that means people making well under the magical $400,000 a year that President Biden swore would be uh, the floor for any type of tax increase, they're going to get hit. This is a tax on not very wealthy people at all. And that's why we have to be able to act now and say, we're not going to be fooled. You're going to take money out of our pockets, no matter how you describe this tax increase, and we can't afford it. 
Now, one of the things Pete, people need to understand, the reason for your urgent plea right now for people to get involved and people to be aware and people to call their congressmen and senators and, and, and really push back is the depth and breadth of this kind of a tax thing we're talking about. Usually it's a we're going to talk about income tax or we're going to talk about this tax or that tax. In this case, we're literally talking about all of them. We're talking about to the tune of $9.1 trillion in new spending. I've never seen such big numbers before, and I've never seen such a depth and breadth of discussion regarding tax increases virtually across the board for every, everyone will be touched. Have you ever seen such a huge push, ever? No, no, not at all. Now, in 1993, Bill Clinton proposed a whole raft of tax increases that affected most Americans. There was a gas tax increase in there. Um, Medicare taxes increased. Top rates for income taxes increased, but not to the degree that they would increase now by the proposals we're seeing currently in Congress. That's a big difference. And not to the degree that it would severely undermine an economic recovery that has been very uneven these past 12 months. You know, it's almost taken as some kind of standard that, well, the recession is over, uh, we can afford to raise tax rates now, and uh, the economy is not going to react to them. Not true. There's a lot of uncertainty out there. And again, inflation is rearing its ugly head right now. People are already seeing reduced buying power out of their paychecks to have to bear the burden, even partially, of a corporate rate tax increase or an investment tax increase or the uh, excise tax increase that uh, was passed in the infrastructure bill through the Senate. Those are all dangerous signals to an economy that's still pretty fragile. Is Biden completely ignorant of this? Because in my opinion, if you really want to stop the recovery... If you really want to uh, divide the American people, in other words, create rich class, poor class, et cetera, et cetera, I mean, there's no better way than to insert this right now and launch this. Uh, it seems to me just overwhelming in its, its um, application, in its regulation, uh, in its uh, uh, interpretation. Uh, what I mean is they'll be at the trough for this forever. It almost reminds me of like the New Deal, but tax style on steroids modern day. I mean, it just yeah. seems voluminous to the point of hard to even discuss intelligently, yeah. right? Yeah, it is. I mean, when you put this into perspective, uh, the federal government only raises about $3.5 trillion a year in various kinds of revenues, and uh, that's in a non-recessionary environment. Well, the Democrats' budget resolution is proposing three and a half trillion dollars new spending and taxes right off the bat. I mean, that's a massive increase that would drive up government share of our economy, everyone's economy. Ladies and gentlemen, Pete Sepp with us, president of National Taxpayers Union, NTU.org, your local and national tax partner to reduce the burden of taxes on your radio. The spirit of the American West is live and well in Range Magazine. 
the award-winning quarterly devoted to the issues affecting the American West. Each issue contains informative articles, breathtaking imagery, as well as the culture of cowboy spirit today, and gift ideas like the 2021 Real Buckaroo Calendar. Order online from rangemagazine.com. Loving Liberty Network salutes the spirit of the American West at rangemagazine.com. Well, my mom smokes and my dad smokes and I saw them smoking, so I tried it. They're telling me not to smoke, but they smoke themselves. When it comes to smoking, are you sending mixed signals? But when you teach someone a certain way to do things and you go back on that certain way, it sends mixed signals to the person that they're trying to teach. The parents need to be the example. Smoking. If you think you're old enough to start, you're smart enough to stop. A public service message from this station and the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. Mom, you don't know anything about me anymore. <sighs> Honey, I know you're good at math. You don't like English. I know Ryan smiled at you yesterday at school. I know your favorite color is purple. And I know you don't like mushrooms. And who can blame you? I mean, mushrooms are a fungus, and people generally try to avoid funguses. Or is it fungi? Never quite sure. But, you know, either way, I mean, penicillin is good. Penicillin is a mold. Huh. Well, I guess you're right. So you like penicillin, but not mushrooms. <laughs> no matter what you talk about, love is what they'll hear. Mom, mm. if we talk, will you be quiet? Love to. A thought from the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. Visit us at mormon.org. All right, we're talking about taxes, ladies and gentlemen. We're talking about a staggering $9.1 trillion in new spending being proposed. Ladies and gentlemen, this amounts to $63,063 per taxpayer or $27,368 of increased spending per U.S. resident in under two years. I don't even know how to discuss this on a grand scale, to be honest with you. Pete Sepp with us, National Taxpayers Union, NTU.org, breaking it down uh, just for us. Uh, Pete, I know that's the, the kind of the big, you know, 10,000-foot level national, hey, we got a fiasco going on. It's got to stop. It's an emergency. Fight it now. Even if you can't stop all of it, you can take $9 trillion and maybe make it $2 trillion, um, or something like that. That's great. But let's put it on the local level for you and me, economy-wise and everything else. What do I do in a state like Utah or Alabama or wherever I happen to be? What do I do in my local area really to make a difference? Calling my congressmen and senators, great. I got to do that. But how do I really get involved in meaningful ways, Pete? Because that's really where the rubber meets the road, right? Yeah, it is. I think that one important thing to do is to get involved in local and state government fiscal policy decisions. I mean, it's not just Washington, D.C. looking at spending more money and taking more money from taxpayers in order to fund it or borrowing money and sending the bill to a future class of taxpayers. And one of the most effective things you can do is form a local level taxpayer group. I'm talking really local. It could be a town level taxpayer group. If you live in a place 
that uh, is outside a major city and has 10, 15,000 residents, you're in a perfect position to form with five, 10 people at the most, a taxpayer group that's dedicated to taking a look at your town's budget when it's released every year, going through the details and asking questions of your leaders, the questions such as, hey, is this expenditure necessary? Is this tax increase properly scaled to residents' ability to afford it? Say, um, have you ever studied whether it would be more efficient to provide roads or sewer services or fire services this way. After all, several towns neighboring us have done it differently and they've saved money. All of these things are possible for you as citizens to do if you just band together. It doesn't have to be hundreds of you. It can be a very small group of you and you can make an impact. I was just saying at the opening here that the margins in Congress of Democratic control are incredibly close. It's 50-50 with the vice president casting a tiebreaker in the Senate. It's eight votes in the House of Representatives. Only a few defections among moderate Democrats can swing things in favor of taxpayers. It's the same way at the local level. How many people really attend budget hearings of your local government? Very, very few. If one or two people show up and say, I'd like to see your math here, suddenly you've changed things for the better. Believe me, I've seen it in town after town across the United States. All you have to do is start asking simple questions. And sooner or later, you'll have other folks, experts in accounting or other fields, who will say, hey, I like the questions this fellow's asking. I think I'm going to join this organization. And then over time, you build yourselves up into an expert group that's a watchdog over the way local government spends your tax dollars. Very effective. Not only can it be effective at the local level, but then several of these local chapters, these local groups of, you know, a couple of people that are making a difference, just asking questions and keeping an eye on the ball. Uh, a lot of those local organizations then can also work in group organizations, too, within their state, right? Yeah, they absolutely can. I've seen that in many places. And what this can also do is serve as a volunteer force that can do things such as lobby the state legislature or even put measures on the ballots for voters to decide. There are many states that allow citizens to draft laws of their own and propose them right on the general election ballot for citizens to decide. In Colorado, the so-called Taxpayers Bill of Rights, that requires voter approval before taxes go up at a certain level. Uh, that was put on the ballot by citizen activists. They failed at first, but they kept trying. And eventually the voters said, yeah, this makes a lot of sense. And that protection for taxpayers has become part of Colorado's constitution. It's happened in states like Michigan, Florida, Massachusetts, even California. And it can happen in many, many other states as well. 
Now, one of the best things is the National Taxpayers Union, NTU. Not only do they have all kinds of think tank documents to support us on the federal level and or the national level, whatever term you want to use here, <clears throat> on the general level is what I like to call it, uh, to help understand the breakdown of, of, you know, think tank realities of, hey, if we go with this policy, here's what the results are going to be, or if we go with this or that, or, uh, you know, it, it's really think tank and it's intelligence and it's documentation and it's, it's uh, intel. Uh, but on the local level, they also provide partnerships and solutions with blueprints and guidelines and, and uh, information to help you know what's been done in other places so that you don't have to draw, draw it all up yourself. You don't have to work on it all and start from scratch every time everywhere. That's one of the beauties of the NTU, in my opinion, and why uh, I believe NTU is so effective, Pete. Well, thank you. And, and one of the things we do is roll up our sleeves and help folks who simply say, I want to become more involved, but I need a little direction. Um, I just mentioned that Colorado constitutional measure. We volunteered, along with a couple of other national organizations, to help draft that constitutional amendment, the Taxpayers' Bill of Rights. We went through draft after draft, making sure that every provision was as protected against legal challenge or politicians picking it apart as possible. That took a lot of hard work and effort. But we were there, we offered our resources and lawyers and other uh, state activists who'd been through what these folks in Colorado were already planning. And it helped strengthen the measure and make sure that even today, Colorado's Taxpayers' Bill of Rights has stood the test of time. And those are the kinds of things that we like to offer to citizens who have the energy, who have some time, who have a passion for their country and the rights of its taxpayers, but may need a, a steep learning curve in the technical details of how to do these things. Ladies and gentlemen, Pete Sepp, I've never heard him give a plea uh, really for dollars blatantly. But right now, uh, the NTU needs to raise money to really have a urgent call to stop these tax hikes. It's urgent, new taxes on the horizon, the numbers are mind-boggling. Pete, why don't we finish there this time? Yeah, it, this is very important, and again, let me just talk about timing. When Congress comes back into full session after Labor Day, one of the first things they're going to do is debate a $3.5 trillion budget resolution. Uh, as you mentioned, Sam, in these two years, Congress has either already passed or will currently uh, be debating some $9 trillion in spending. That $3.5 trillion I just spoke about is part of that huge figure. We can impact it right here, right now, but it's going to have to happen in the next couple of weeks. It means outreach to members of Congress. It means more advertising that we're going to shell out for to reach more citizens. It's going to mean mobilizing those local and state taxpayer groups if they can help at all. This is an effort that we can win because we only have to swing a few votes in Congress and they can be Democratic votes. So we've got to get to work while we have the time to act. And ladies and gentlemen, we're talking about a staggering on the federal level. $9.1 trillion. I don't even know how to think about numbers like that. 
Uh, and maybe we can't, you know, make it zero. That's one mistake the Patriots always make is we want to, you know, shut it all down. We win. It isn't that way, ladies and gentlemen. It is a literal effort, line item by line item. It's an effort uh, in the trenches. And if we can turn, you know, $9.1 trillion into $3 trillion before the expenditures are done, we have a huge, huge gain. So let's look at it in terms of the incremental solutions that we can provide together all up and down the line, ladies and gentlemen. Pete Sepp, we know you got to fly. Thank you so much, sir. My pleasure. Thanks so much for having me. They're raising money. NTU.org. Pete Sepp, president, been our good friend for decades. And we're grateful for their leadership on tax reduction. That's what it's about on Liberty Roundtable Live. Exposing corruption. Informing citizens. Pursuing liberty. You're listening to Liberty News Radio. USA Radio News with Lance Pride. President Biden has taken responsibility for the collapse of Afghanistan and the swift takeover by the Taliban, America's sworn enemy. Quote, I am president of the United States and the buck stops with me. I am deeply saddened by the facts we now face, but I do not regret my decision to end America's war fighting in Afghanistan. End quote. Former CIA Director and Secretary of State Mike Pompeo on Fox News says Biden's handling of the withdrawal has weakened the United States. And I hope this administration comes to understand that apologizing, placating, appeasing, being weak only presents risks to American security. At least seven people were killed during the chaos at the Kabul airport on Monday after clinging on to a U.S. military transport that took off during the mayhem. Democrat California Governor Gavin Newsom's recall is underway. Golden State voters started to cast their ballots in the state's historical second-ever gubernatorial recall. California counties began sending out mail-in ballots on Monday. The election has been set to be held on September 14th. USA Radio News. You take steps to stay healthy when at the pharmacy picking up vitamins or filling a prescription. May I help you? Take another healthy step right now and ask the pharmacist how Prevnar 13 can help protect you from pneumococcal pneumonia, a potentially serious bacterial lung disease. If you're 65 or older, a trip to the pharmacy is a lot more pleasant than a trip to the hospital because of pneumococcal pneumonia. Help protect yourself with the Prevnar 13 pneumococcal 13 valent conjugate vaccine, diphtheria CRM197 protein. Prevnar 13 is approved for adults to help prevent infections from 13 strains of the bacteria that cause pneumococcal pneumonia. Prevnar 13 does not protect against all strains of the disease. Stop by the pharmacy today and ask about Prevnar 13. Learn more at Prevnar13.com. Don't get Prevnar 13 if you have had a severe allergic reaction to the vaccine or its ingredients. Adults with a weakened immune system may have a lower response to the vaccine. The most commonly reported side effect was pain at the injection site. For additional common side effects and full prescribing information, please call 1-866-694-9300 or visit Prevnar13.com. New Zealand Prime Minister Jacinda Ardern announced New Zealand will enter a nationwide lockdown at its highest level on Tuesday night after one person in Auckland tested positive for COVID-19. The Biden administration has put another 1,000 troops into Afghanistan to secure the Kabul airport. John Clemens from the Texas USA Radio News Bureau reports. This deployment is a further sign the Biden administration misjudged the speed of the takeover of the Taliban. Major General Hank Taylor, who is Director of Operations in Afghanistan, said the goal of the mission has not changed. The U.S. military remains focused on the present mission uh, to facilitate the safe evacuation of U.S. citizens. SIVs and Afghans at risk to get these personnel out of Afghanistan as quickly and as safely as possible. After a 20-year war against terrorism in Afghanistan, the Taliban regained control of the country 
in about a week. USA Radio News. All right, back with you live, ladies and gentlemen. Sam Bushman on your radio, hard-hitting talk, always at your fingertips. Wow, Pete Sepp doing a great job. You know, I appreciate uh, the National Taxpayers Union and the work they've done over the years. I feel like they're an underutilized resource, to say the least. Uh, Pete has been solid as a rock. We've been dear friends for 25 years. We've been to his conferences back in Washington, D.C. He's been on the radio with us steady as a rock for quite some time. Uh, and he's the president of National Taxpayers Union. And I want to explain into you, or the National Taxpayers Union, I don't really belong, I don't like unions because they're usually forced unions, right? But what I like about the NTU is they're not a forced union. They're just a group of people getting together, freely organizing, free association, right? It's kind of like a more perfect union in America. But anyway, NTU, or the National Taxpayers Union, is the voice of American taxpayers, mobilizing elected officials and citizens on behalf of tax relief. Wow. Not only tax relief, but tax reform. NTU.org. And what I like is they don't just, you know, throw the baby out with the bathwater and it's only one way or, you know, you got to do it this way or that. They, they have a broad coalition of people that really make a difference. Their think tank research is incredible. Their delivery for solutions is uh, amazing and spot on. Uh, they avoid extremes, but they've been just steady, steady as she goes for so long. Uh, and they really not only deal with things on the national level, at the general level of the government, but they also deal with state and regional and local issues as well. And that's one of the biggest, you know, solutions. If you want to start a local taxpayer organization, these people are your partner. I'm telling you right now, NTU.org. Now, you think, man, Sam, that's sure a big advertisement for those guys. Yeah, it is. But you know what? I don't get a penny. I just have seen them over the years. And I'm really grateful for their tremendous leadership and their work. And I'm grateful for their building of broad coalitions. They don't debate partisan politics. They're not interested in the Democrat, the Republican garbage. They're not interested. Okay, they're interested in, you know what the mission is, right? Mobilizing elected officials and citizens on behalf of tax relief and reform. That's a very clear, simple mission. I'm for tax relief. I'm for tax reform. Uh, and when Pete Sepp emails me with an urgent call to action to stop tax hikes urgent, the numbers are mind-boggling. We better sit up and take notice and take heed. That is a warning not to be lightly dealt with, ladies and gentlemen. And whether it's on the general level or all the way to your local level of government, this is serious business indeed. And to highlight Pete's point, Pete didn't even have time. He only had a half hour this morning. He had a hard stop time. He had to take off. But he jumped on the radio with a special because he had this uh, urgent you know, thing. And I emailed him and said, hey, Pete, you have time to come on and talk about it? Absolutely, Sam. I don't have a lot of time, but I want to make time for you. Boom. Jumps on the radio, updates us all on what's happening here. Nine-plus trillion dollars of out-of-control. I mean, out-of-control spending, folks, on the horizon. Okay, I've never, ever, ever seen this kind of numbers, this 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 huge amount, and it literally changing everything. But Pete didn't even really have time to get into all the details like I wish he had time to do. Uh, okay, because listen carefully to me. Food stamps. This is just one government program. 
Some people say, ah, snap. That's right. That's what it's called, snap. Uh, But food stamps get biggest increase in history. Did you hear me? Food stamps get biggest increase in history. And this isn't even part of the legislation, folks. White House raises average monthly benefits from $121 to $157. That is a huge increase. What is that, almost a third? At least 25%, right? The Biden administration, they claim, has approved a significant and permanent increase in the levels of food stamps assistance available to needy families. They say it's the the largest single increase in the program's history. That's the Associated Press telling you this. The largest in history. And understand that, folks, if you look at your Constitution, first off, they don't have authority to spend money for handouts like socialism and, and, and welfare programs like the food stamp program at all. But even accept that, that, that that's reality, that they have authority to do that, that it's legitimate that Congress can do that. We're talking about the president did this. He didn't go to Congress and ask for money from the House of Representatives, where all spending bills are supposed to originate, constitutionally speaking. Go read your Constitution if you don't believe me. All right? But literally, Joe has done this all by himself, like a flat-out socialist king. Just call him the food stamp king, right? But believe it or not, they say starting in October, average benefits for food stamps, officially known as the, quote, SNAP program, will rise more than 25% above pre-pandemic levels. Think about that. We're not going to debate it. We're not going to discuss it. We're not going to approve it. We're not going to vote for it. We're not going to. Joe's just going to flat out do it. And what are you going to do about it to stop him? See, in my opinion, this is where Joe Biden needs to be impeached right here. You can talk about vote fraud. You can talk about the fiascos in Kabul uh, or Afghanistan. You know, you can talk about a lot of reasons that Joe, uh, in my opinion, is sideways from what he ought to be as the president of the United States, sideways from his oaths of office and all these kind of things. I get all that. But if this is, you know, one takeaway to the bank thing, where does the president get the authority to create this, quote, increase in assistance? The increased assistance, they say, will be available indefinitely to all 42 million SNAP beneficiaries. So you literally have, what, 42 million? What percent of the nation is that, huh? One-fifth, just say? One-sixth, one-seventh? 42 times six, you know, all right. It's more than that. 42 plus million. Now, that number grew before Donald Trump took over to 46, 47 plus million. Under Trump, it decreased. Uh, But now, literally 42 million recipients, and they're all going to get the biggest increase in history. Compliments of Joe. Just single-handed. Joe's just going to edict it like a king. To me, that's just unacceptable behavior, ladies and gentlemen. That is criminal. Joe has no authority. No authority whatsoever to increase this kind of spending. No checks and balances. No legislation. No voting on this. Just an edict from Joe. 
Now, the aid boost, they claim, whatever an aid boost is, right, is being packaged as a major revision of the USDA Thrifty Food Program. Now, I don't know how thrifty this thing's going to be, but that's how they like to term these things. That thrifty, 42 million-plus people, biggest expenditure increase in history for the whole program. It is a snap snafu, ladies and gentlemen, like you've never seen before. It is absolutely beyond the pale, out of control. But again, has anybody even got their eye on the ball? Is anybody even at the ball game, much less got their eye on the ball on this thing? In concrete terms, ladies and gentlemen, the average monthly per person benefits will rise from 121 to $157 a month. Now you say, well, that's not much, Sam. Oh, when you times that times 42 plus million people, it sure is, baby. Don't tell me that now. Wow. This is what we're talking about. And so to go back to Pete Sepp and crew, he's saying, look, I give a clarion call. This is a serious, I'm urging, I'm emailing you with an urgent call for action. We got to stop these tax hikes. This is part of it. You say, well, Sam, this isn't really a tax. This is just an increase to the food stamp program. Okay. What is it if it's not a tax? Who pays for it? Is it a fee or a tax or what you know, what word, what language do we want to use to back into this discussion? In my opinion, it is an absolute seize of power by one Joe Biden. It is a power grab because how much socialism, how much welfareism, how much food stampism, whatever word you want to use, can we put on the American people? What if instead of increasing it 25 plus percent, uh, he was doing it a thousand percent increase? Uh, what about if we take the food stamp program, 42 million people, and eventually turn it into a universal basic income program where everybody gets a check from your government? Oh, that's already in the works too, right? See, where does this end in terms of government redistribution of wealth? I say this alone is where we can really impeach Donald Trump and say you're not Donald Trump. I'm sorry, Joe Biden and say you're absolutely out of control, buddy. We'll talk about the increases in multi-prong Biden administration effort in seconds. You're listening to the one and only Liberty Roundtable live tax watch program. conceived in liberty carry its head high if it denies protection to the youngest and most vulnerable of its citizens can a country founded on god-given rights continue to thrive without understanding that life is a precious gift from our creator i believe that great nations and great civilizations spring from a people who have a moral compass i don't think a civilization can long endure that does not have respect for all human life born and not yet born. I will be in earnest. I will not equivocate and I will not excuse. I will not retreat an inch and I will be heard. 
one thing I promise you, I will always take a stand for life. As a parent, is receiving a faith-based, character-focused education for your children difficult to find? Do you believe that godly principles should be a central component in your child's education? Imagine a school where faith and integrity are at its center, where heritage and responsibility instill character. For over 40 years, American Heritage School has been educating both hearts and minds, bringing out academic excellence. This is the school where character and embracing the providence of a living God are fundamental, where students' national test scores average near the 90th percentile. With American Heritage School's Advanced Distance Education Program, distance is no longer an issue. With an accredited LDS-oriented curriculum from kindergarten through 12th grade, your children can attend from anywhere in the world. American Heritage School will prepare your child for more than a job. It will prepare them for life. To learn more, visit American-Heritage.org. That's American-Heritage.org. All right, back with you live, ladies and gentlemen. Hard-hitting talk at your fingertips always on your radio. I am Sam Bushman. Wow, COVID almost killed me, but I got the upper hand now, baby. Ooh, babe, it's just rough out there, man, with the tyrannical agenda everywhere, from taxes to COVID to climate change to, man, the war in Afghanistan. And it seems like we've got a war at home, too, don't we? Anytime you stand for liberty, you're at war with the administration for some strange reason. Anytime you stand up against... Uh, critical race theory or climate change or anything else man they they want you on the ropes they want to claim you don't have a clue you don't have a right nothing you say matters you're guilty of terrorism you're guilty of uh, insurrection you're guilty of wrong-headed information fake news whatever else now we're talking about food stamps get biggest increase in history white house raises average benefits from 121 bucks to 157 bucks a month absolutely out of control that's not even being voted on or anything else now, the increase, they say, is part of a, quote, multi-pronged plan. It's a Biden administration effort to strengthen the country's social safety net. Now, you got to wonder what that means. What is a social safety net? The answer is it's socialism. It's welfare. The answer is it's government redistribution of wealth. And believe it or not, when Joe Biden swears an oath to the supreme law of the land, the Constitution for the United States of America as president, he swears he will protect America from enemies foreign and domestic. And in my opinion, this social, quote, fabric that he's talking about, this social system uh, is a serious threat to that. We cannot have government redistributing the wealth. Small businesses have been closing under COVID like wildfire. I mean, there's numbers upwards of 25 to 50 percent of small businesses have literally bought the farm, circled the drain, gone down because of COVID, where they just cannot make a living. They can't get out and about and do their duties, their work, their etc. They're not able to, you know, bring in the cash because employees are shut down or sent home or on government, you know, some kind of employee benefit program where they're paid not to work, etc., etc., all the way down the line. They say poverty and food security activists. Think about that. Are you a poverty and food security activist? <laughs> I'm for food security, but not government style. Are you for food security, government style, ladies and gentlemen? 
I don't know what food security means when it comes to government, because whatever the government can give, they can take away. Remember that, right? But the other thing you need to remember about government, in addition to whatever they can give, they can take away, government doesn't produce anything, ladies and gentlemen. Government doesn't produce food or security at all. But they say poverty and food security activists maintain that long-standing inadequacies in that safety net that we currently have, in other words, the current welfare system, were laid bare by the COVID-19 pandemic. Now, what does laid bare mean? I mean, during the pandemic, more people got more handouts than ever before. There was greater distribution of wealth under COVID than ever in American history. Literally everybody getting checks from your government. Everybody getting what? Stimulus? Is that what they call it? Everybody getting, you know, pre-money from like taxes right now. Every month you're going to get money from your government that's supposedly towards your your tax, you know, benefit later. You, you know, you might have to pay dearly if you take the money early, right? Because you'll have less. Uh, but nevertheless, th- th- this is unprecedented in America, ladies and gentlemen. They say presented an opportunity to make general improvements that reach beyond the public health crisis. Joe Biden is jumping at this opportunity. Activists are now saying the previous levels of, quote, pre-pandemic SNAP assistance simply were never enough. Uh Uh-huh. So the amount of socialism that we've had, not enough. Pandemic, fiasco, COVID, handouts unprecedented, not enough. Forcing, they say, many households to choose cheaper or less nutritious options or simply go hungry as the funds ran low towards the end of the month. They act like this is just a, um, what's the word? I don't even know what word to use. They act like this is just a, man, the United States government is just inadequate at their spending, at their socialism, at their, okay? We have got to get a grip on this, ladies and gentlemen. We cannot spend ourselves into oblivion and expect no repercussions. Okay, and this circles back, this food stamp discussion that we're having right now, in my personal opinion, circles right back to this food stamps get biggest increase in history. White House raises average monthly. Okay, this goes back to the Pete Sepp clarion call. I am emailing you with an urgent plea, an urgent call to action to stop tax hikes. Urgent new taxes are on the horizon. The numbers are mind boggling. They're staggering. And you look at this and you go, food stamps isn't even part of the taxes that Pete's talking about. It's just another massive expenditure. And whether it be military spending, whether it be food stamp spending, whether it be the taxes that we're talking about, the infrastructure bill, uh, whether it be COVID expenditures, whether it be uh, proposals of and pushes towards universal basic incomes for the American people, at some point, ladies and gentlemen, the wheels are going to fall off this thing. You cannot just spend yourself into oblivion with reckless abandon and not have any repercussions. And the repercussions we're already seeing, mind you, is inflation. Yeah, out of control inflation. Pete Sepp mentioned about five plus percent inflation. 
I think those are very, very, very conservative numbers. Because inflation on what? You know, inflation on gas? What do they say the average gallon of gas is now? It went up, right? Gas average at gallon. <clears throat> this is serious. Because it's expensive when people travel. Right? It's going up. Gasoline and diesel fuel, they say, up. And they chart this thing. Where do we go from here with this? Whether it be gas prices. Now, if you're going to put, uh, you know, 42 plus million people on greater food stamps with greater money. Now what? Food's going to start to cost more, right? I mean, it just doesn't end. This just doesn't end is the problem. All right, anyway, enough of that. I've gone on uh, regarding taxes for quite a while now. But I really want the American people to get engaged here and to contemplate what's happening. When Pete Sepp emails with an urgent plea, hey, man, this is out of control. You better pay attention. And when food stamps become the biggest increase in history via Joe, you go, wow, there's something that we need to do about this for sure. All right, quick recap of yesterday's show. Want to get that in before the end of the hour as well. We talked to Lowell Nelson, CampaignForLiberty.org, doing a phenomenal job. RonPaulInstitute.org is their website as well, CampaignForLiberty.org. And we talked about equality and slavery. We talked about last month the um, Senate Armed Services Committee approved an NDAA provision allowing women to be drafted or women would be selected, you know, registered with a selective service on their 18th birthday as a potential for being drafted, right? And, um, well, if they, if a draft is reinstated, women will be forced to join the draft as well. We need to stop this for our women, but our men as well. How can we, ladies and gentlemen, support military conscription while professing a belief that men and women are endowed by their creator with inalienable rights to life, liberty, and property. How do we have conscription but yet have that fundamental belief at the same time? And the answer is you can't. We talked about that in detail with Lowell. We said do not register women with the social with the selective service and eliminate the requirement for men as well. Please, please, please. Now's the time to strike on this. Again, a lot of things are happening when they tell you about the coronavirus and the war and the climate change and the fires and the it's pretty easy to get distracted with celebrity news and everything else. But, folks, this is serious business happening in your general government right now. Do not register women with the selective service and drop the requirement for men now. We need to push on that. We also talked about the totalitarian ideology of lockdowns. Jeffrey Tucker wrote an incredible article about this, about how they're literally using tyranny to shut everybody down, lock everybody down. If you don't go along with their <clears throat> global agendas, you are somehow not even welcome in society anymore. We talked about lockdowns, masks, and the illusion of control by Brian McClinchy, a great article. He talked about, have you ever heard of King Camute? He was the king of England in the early part of the 11th century who basically put his chair at the edge of the beach, commanded the waves to stop. When the tide came in and flooded him, he basically said, hey, kings have no power. we got to turn to God Almighty. And boy, howdy, is that poignant for today, isn't it? 
There are serpents among us. Another article written by Alan Stevo. Great article. There is a way out of this, ladies and gentlemen. He's talking about tyranny of COVID, of climate change, of all the lockdown measures they're giving us. It begins in your life. It begins in your home. It begins on your land. It begins in your family. It begins with you. You need to separate yourself from all that demoralizes you, ladies and gentlemen. Unite yourself with all that moralizes. Be emboldened. Seek wisdom. Make the goal of your life to live each moment more, each moment more uprightly, more diligent than the last. You are promised nothing but this moment in life, and you better seize the opportunity. Now, I say that in a lot of different ways than Alan does, but the point really remains the same. We also talked about personal defense against the COVID shot. Lowell Nelson with that discussion, doing a great job. And he basically said, hey, there's a lot of ways people are trying to do it. How do you think it should happen, Sam? And I basically clearly said, I don't think that you can, um, you know what, have another law. We've already got laws against the violations of one's rights and one's conscience and one's beliefs, etc. It's now time for the American people to start to push back and insist that laws are obeyed. We don't need more laws. We just need to demand the ones that we have on the books are obeyed. And if there's bad laws, we need to nullify them now at the state level. We need to jettison them via the fully informed juries. We have plenty of ways to disable unconstitutional, out-of-control, overreaching government. Plenty of ways. But as I told Lowell Nelson, and I'll tell you right now, there are no solutions if you're going to just look to more government, more legislation, more edicts, more bureaucrats, more. you got to look to we the people, ladies and gentlemen, and we've got to deconstruct unconstitutional government and hold up the supreme law of the land, a beacon, a light on a hill for your answers. The return to the republic is the key. Hour one in the can. I am Sam Bushman. Donate liberally today. Every penny will help me tell the tale of liberty in the media. LibertyRoundtable.com, LovingLiberty.net. I am Sam Bushman, and I declare this nation shall endure. God save the Republic of the United States of America. the Rocky Mountains, the crossroads of the West. West. You are listening to the Liberty Roundtable Radio Talk Show. Show. All right. Happy to have you along, my fellow Americans. Sam Bushman live on your radio. Hard-hitting news that Edwards refused to use, no doubt, continues now. This, my fellow Americans, is the broadcast for August the 17th in the year of our Lord, 2021. This is our one of two and our goal always to protect life, liberty, and property and to promote God, family, and country on your radio and the traditions of our founding fathers. Uh, man, we got so much to discuss, so little time. The first hour we had on Pete Sepp talking about 
absolute out-of-control taxation coming our way. You better have heads up on that, baby. We also talked about the increased food stamp program under Joe. Whacked out Joe single-handedly decides he's just going to increase SNAP. And I'm telling you, SNAP is going to be a snafu like it always is, ladies and gentlemen. That was our one of the broadcasts. Check it out. It'll be in archive form coming up soon. LibertyRoundTable.com, LovingLiberty.net. Spread the word and share with your neighbor. It's absolutely live and on-demand radio at your fingertips free. Spread the word. Uh, now we're talking about the recap of yesterday's show, which I didn't have time to get to because Pete um, had an emergency uh, appearance on the radio with us last hour. And um, I want to talk about the second hour of the broadcast with Dr. Scott Bradley in detail. To preserve the nation, his collegiate series and lifelong goal. FreedomsRisingSun.com is his website. And as you know, he mentioned uh, that he got, uh, what do they call it? Deplatformed? Is that the word they're using these days? Yeah, poor old uh, Scott Bradley got deplatformed. And uh, so now over a thousand videos got taken down. His website's a mess. He's hoping to get another platform, put it back up. But again, it's a whack-a-mole. It's a cat-and-mouse game going on in America today where everybody's just being deplatformed everywhere for everything. If you don't go along with the government regime story, then you're uh, deemed an enemy, a misfit, an insurrectionist, a terrorist, whatever term. And Donald Trump kind of mentioned this was happening back in his um, uh, day, but now it's getting worse. Anyway, our, our pressure with Dr. Bradley that he can get his website back up, freedomsrisingsun.com. Get those videos back online. They're sorely needed. And uh, he's also known for bringing about a weekly webinar, conversation and counsel and et cetera on the Constitution. Just a great job by the doctor, Scott Bradley, doing a, doing a phenomenal job. He's been at it for decades, ladies and gentlemen. It is his lifelong mission. And man, he has fidelity to it. He's true blue, steady as a rock. Constitutional is all get out. And he believes, as I do, that, you know what, there is no other way but restoration of the greatest country on the face of the earth. There is no other way but complete fidelity to the supreme law of the land. You say, Sam, the supreme law is not perfect. I know. I don't care. Uh, but there is no other plan. There is no better replacement. There is no time-tested solution that has history on its side of success like the supreme law of the land. There is no better balance of the proper role of government in American history or the history of the world that you can point to that would bring about more honorable liberty to the people than the supreme law of the land, the Constitution. Anyway, I digress, except for Scott Bradley and I are absolutely unified on this idea that the only answer is restoration. We don't need to change. We don't need to replace. We don't need to come up with a new plan. We don't need all those things. What we need to do is have fidelity to a commitment to restoration of the greatest country on the face of the earth. We need the principles that our founders established, that our founders so painstakingly sought for, researched, implemented. That is what we need today as we prepare for the Savior's return. It is about, ladies and gentlemen, the Constitution being the political religion of our nation. It is about the Constitution being the appropriate checks and balances, supreme law, to usher in the return of the Savior, Jesus Christ. That's what this is about. It is a light on a hill. It should be. And we really pointed out with Dr. Bradley yesterday how far afield we have gone from that and how critical it is to return. Proof in point, 
we've talked about the Forest Service in crisis mode. The U.S. Forest Service told the Associated Press that it's in crisis mode. With 21,000 federal firefighters over 14 regional states, over 100-plus wildfires right now. Wow. Roughly 100 fires over 14 states right now. That number's staggering. But I don't hear a word about the local people dealing with it. I just hear government, Forest Service melting down. Why are we looking to a general Forest Service unconstitutional agency in government to solve the problem in the first place? Why don't we deal with it on the local level? It's local land, after all. Go read your Constitution. Why are we not turning to God Almighty in prayer and humble supplication that the fires can uh, be put out, that rain can come to a drought-stricken nation? Why can't we focus on these things in a meaningful way? Why can't we, as Chronicles teaches us, turn to God and repent? Let him heal our land. Why not? See, I don't hear anybody talking about this except for us. According to the Forest Service, for example, they say the Dixie Fire, that's the California fire, in Northern California, which began a month ago, has already burned an area larger than, listen to this, 800 square miles, and they say it's only 31% contained to date. 800 square miles, 31% contained. Will there be an end to the fires? Outside, when you go outside in where I live now, it's just smoky everywhere. Some days are a little better than others, but it's just disaster. They say the smoke is a coming this weekend. Don't worry, it won't last long, they claim. But I look at this and I go, when are we going to turn to God? Who's going to put out the clarion call to turn to God Almighty? Who's going to appeal to God and say, please help us put out these fires? Please help us with rain. Now they say it's the lowest humidity ever. Lightning strikes are imminent. Fires are likely. More, 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 more where this came from. Doesn't it seem like an angry God? Angry with his citizenry for turning their backs on him? And you could say, Sam, this program just gets so religious so fast. I know it does, and it's got to. You say, Sam, but this isn't a, quote, Christian program. I don't know how you debate that. Who decides if it's a Christian program? See if it's nonprofit. If you can't run commercials, then they call it Christian programming. And if it's you can run commercials, then it's commercial, not Christian programming, right? They divide the, the Christian and the secular. I don't divide those two, ladies and gentlemen. This is a God-fearing, nationally syndicated radio program on the air to tell the tale of liberty, on the air to promote God, family, and country, on the air to protect life, liberty, and property. And you know what? I don't care if you call me nonprofit or for-profit or whatever else. I'm interested in the sacred cause to which we're engaged. I make my living and my profit on my business during the day. I don't make my money in radio. But I'm on the radio every day, day in and day out, six days a week, barring COVID, the Lord willing, because I care about this country and I want the next generations to have a better life than I had. That's what I want. I want the next generations to be uh, in greater harmony with the teachings of Jesus Christ. I want the next generation to be in a better position when it comes to the proper role of limited constitutional government that understands it's legitimate, limited. Let me say that again. Legitimate, limited 
role. I want to educate towards that. I want to encourage that. I want to make that popular, which is good and right and honorable and true and moral. That's what I who that's who I am. That's what I want to do. That's what I'm all about. All right, so shame, ladies and gentlemen, Joe Biden remains silent as Taliban sworn Kabul. That's how it was yesterday or whatever. Now it turns out that he's like, I double down and take ownership of my efforts in uh, abandoning this war. Now, don't get me wrong. I was never for the war in the first place. I get a shame how we're abandoning it. But I also think it's a shame that we're there. We should have never been there. So how we're pulling out is a big problem in my personal opinion. 20-year war. Now we're just basically, you know what, going belly up and running. I don't think that's good. But I also don't think it was good that we were there in the first place. But now the Taliban enters the presidential palace, declares victory as the Afghan president flees. Epic times of that peace. America's chaotic exit is Biden's big defeat, writes USA Today about it. Everybody's critical of Joe. And I say for good reason. Sadly, legitimately so, right? But I don't want to just hand Joe this defeat. I want to hand the American people and a bipartisan coalition this defeat. We should have never been involved in these unjust wars in the first place, ladies and gentlemen. The problem isn't pulling out now. The problem is getting involved 20 years ago. The problem is trillions of dollars spent, loss of life everywhere, military-industrial complex ratcheting up the spending game, soldiers and, and on all sides uh, in harm's way, women and children in harm's way, and death and destruction all on this warlike people mentality we seem to have in America today. It's got to stop. We've got to turn our backs on that narrative and stand with the Prince of Peace and let the United States be a beacon on a hill under the Savior Jesus Christ as our banner. Anyway, we talked about this book with Dr. Scott Bradley called Decent Interval. It's an insider's account of Saigon's indecent and untold, uh, or indecent, um, well, it, it, it's Saigon and how... They literally uh, made a fiasco there, and they're going to make one here. Chief CIA analyst Frank Snepp is the one that wrote the book. In a decent interval. We sure need a decent interval to stop war, that's for sure. We also talked about, well, I'll get into it. Hang tight. Liberty Roundtable Live. I am Sam Bushman. Hard-hitting talk on your radio, baby. Scott Bradley here. Most Americans are painfully aware that the nation is on the wrong track and in dire straits. Unfortunately, most political pundits only nibble around the edges when they claim to address the issues. Even worse, many of the so-called solutions are simply rewarmed servings of what got us into the mess we currently face. And the politicians think we're so gullible and naive that we'll buy their lies that they have reformed and now understand where they led us astray. Unfortunately, the truth of the matter is that they simply wish to continue to hold power. The solution to America's challenges is found in returning to the timeless principles found in the United States Constitution. My book and lecture series will reawaken in Americans an understanding and love of the principles which made this nation the freest, most prosperous, happiest, and most respected nation on earth. 
Visit topreservethenation.com and order my book and lectures to begin the restoration of this great nation. Okay, girls, about finished with your lesson on money. Daddy, what is a buy-sell spread for gold coins? Well, when you sell a gold coin to a coin shop that's worth, say, $1,200, you don't actually get $1,200. But don't worry, we're members of UPMA now, so we don't have to worry about that. Daddy, what if somebody steals our gold? We don't have any gold at the house. It's stored safely in the UPMA vault, securely and insured. But the S&P 500 outperformed gold. Daddy, gold is a bad investment. Some people do think of it that way. But actually, gold is money. And as members of the United Precious Metals Association, we can use our gold at any store, just like a credit card. Or I can ask them to drop it right into Mommy and Daddy's bank account, because we're a UPMA member family. Find out more at upma.org. That's upma.org. All right, back with you live, ladies and gentlemen. So I'm talking about Kabul, and I'm talking about the fiasco in Afghanistan, ladies and gentlemen. The fiasco isn't pulling out and blaming it on Joe. The fiasco is getting into it in the first place. The fiasco is the dishonesty of an immoral war that we've started 20-plus years ago, and we can never win. It reminds me of Vietnam. A lot of people are saying there's no comparison, but I say there certainly is 75. That's 1975 versus 2021. And I'm telling you right now, it is disaster. How are they the same? They're both unconstitutional wars. You say, wait a minute, we declared war now in Afghanistan or in, um, you know, uh, Vietnam. We declare, you know what? I I don't want to hear it. We didn't properly declare war in any of these places. Okay, and that's the problem. We need to use the checks and balances of the Constitution. And if a war is legitimately just, we don't need a draft or anything else. We don't need conscription. We don't need force, okay? And and so this is a disaster. But let's not be uh, ignorant enough just to blame it on Joe and act like it's all Joe's bag and, man, the Democrats are going to eat it because the Republicans were right on this one. And Look, Republicans started this war. Democrats failed in the war. It's It's a bipartisan disaster. All right? But let me give you, in my opinion, kind of the uh, problem here. Let me give you the problem, kind of, how do I say this right? Wrapped up in a reality check for you, okay? The mainstream press is what lets you understand and or have a vision or a viewport, a porthole, so to speak, view on the wars. Because you're not over there internationally. You don't even know what's going on. What you have is this porthole of the mainstream government media telling you what to believe, what to think, how it is, etc. And they have lied, lied, lied to you for decades on this, from Vietnam right on through now. And you have never been given the realities of war. You've been given a, a sanitized war via movies, via video, via, you know, online presentation, all right? And you've been absolutely snookered and deceived. Because if the American people understood the real rigors of war, the real penalties of war, the real suffering war creates wherever it's found, 
the American people would not stand for it and would not have been there for 20-plus years. Trust you me. Write it down. Remember who told you. Okay, it's because we believe in a sanitized war, a war that's over there, not over here. Thank the heavens we're getting the bad guys over there so they never come over here. And uh, we're getting this view. And let me give you the typifying point to illustrate how dishonest the narrative has been. How sanitized and manipulated and wrong-headed the narrative on the war has been. It can be wrapped up in one instance to make the point so poignant it'll shock you. There is a CNN's chief international correspondent. Her name is Clarissa Ward. She's an absolute liberal, psychotic nut on parade, ladies and gentlemen. I'm telling you right now, this is just beyond the pale. So she's sitting there in Kabul or whatever, in Afghanistan, and she's the chief international CNN correspondent, mainstream press in America, right? She says they're, du- they're just chanting death to America. But they seem friendly at the same time, she says. Wait a minute. Did I just hear this right? This lady, this chief correspondent for CNN, wartime sitting in a war zone, right after we let the Taliban literally rush in in a week and take over so shockingly fast that Biden was caught with his pants down to the point where it's just a disaster, and they say it'll be one of the greatest disasters in American history, right? And this lady, the CNN correspondent, is whacked out, Clarissa lady, literally says they're just chanting death to America, but they seem friendly at the same time. Hey, Cameron, have you ever heard of somebody chanting death to you but remaining friendly? Is that is that something that's kind of a thing these days? So let me get this right. Let me get this right. I don't want to uh, have the government run out of control and have vote fraud, so I want to go to the Capitol and, and peacefully resolve that. And so I want to impress on my congressmen and senators, hey, you got to do what's right. you got to investigate this. you got to stand up. you got to be counted. you got to come on. And then they say, I'm an insurrectionist, I'm a terrorist, I'm extreme, I'm crazy. In fact, I'm out of control. But yet, at the same time, you're going to have this literal American CNN correspondent, Clarissa Ward, literally saying, hey, they're just chanting death to America, but they seem friendly at the same time. I mean, the idea, ladies and gentlemen, is so beyond the pale. And this is supposedly credibility from one of the greatest news organizations America's ever supposedly known, CNN. Now, you say to me, Sam, they're not credible. You know they've been bogus for a long time. It's the Clinton News Network. It's the Communist News Network. It's whatever. You know CNN's bogus. It's just CNN. Fox is no different, ladies and gentlemen. Is Fox preaching God, family, and country, and let's get out of the war like I am? Or is Fox just like, um, oh, you know what? We report you decide lies. See, where do we go with this thing? But I look at this, and this Clarissa Ward, this chief correspondent, literally gives you this lens. That, hey, you know what? The Taliban, bunch of good guys. You know, I know they're chanting death to America, but they're doing so really friendly-like, and they're just like tambourines, death to America. And they're having a great time, and it's just it's kind of like a kumbaya. We're all singing and loving on one another. It's just great. Meanwhile, Joe Biden has to send in massive troops again to try to secure the, ex- the airport so that people can flee in safety. 
from the war-torn 20-year fiasco that we can't compare to Vietnam? I mean, ladies and gentlemen, this is beyond imagination, but this is the lens I maintain. This is the lens that they, the mainstream press put us through for the last 20 years. Yeah, I got them friendly death-chanting folks hanging out. Maybe we ought to just go over there and see if they've got some Kool-Aid for us, you know? We can all drink Kool-Aid together. I mean, this Clarissa lady is off her rocker. And, and no one, is anybody calling for her resignation? Is anybody really calling for the resignation from CNN and Clarissa Warden? Or are they just going, oh, that was a goofy statement. So she can literally say the Taliban chanting death to America, they're friendly at the same time. But yet anybody who goes to uh, the United States Capitol and says, hey, I want accountability here. I need accountability on vote fraud. They're the vote fraud folks, the insurrectionists, right? Now, she claims to explain the life inside the, what, Afghanistan? I mean, this is just too hard to even discuss. She's a nut. She has no idea what she's talking about. Either she's a propagandist for the Taliban under the guise of working for CNN or what is she? All right. Anyway, it's just shocking. All right. Trump calls for President Biden's resignation over the situation in Afghanistan. And I would agree. There's plenty of reasons that Biden should, uh, you know, resign. But they say not only is it the, the situation in Afghanistan, but it's also the border crisis. It's also the tremendous surge in COVID-19 cases. It's time for Joe Biden to resign in disgrace for what he's allowed to have happen. The destructive energy independence, the crippled economy, and more, says Donald Trump. Now, here's the problem with Donald. He said it shouldn't be a big deal because he wasn't elected legitimately in the first place. And then the mainstream press gets a chance to swipe um, Donald Trump saying, hey, you know what? You uh, haven't proven vote fraud or anything else. I get it. And I think it's tragic, no doubt. But I believe there is vote fraud. And I believe Mike Lindell uh, got snookered as a, uh, I don't even know what word to call it, but, a, but a, 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 a red herring, a way to then say, oh, vote fraud's not real, it's all bogus, look at Mike Lindell, he failed and went down. We warned you this. Me and Cliff Kincaid and others warned about this, saying, you know what, this was coming down. But the legitimate vote fraud claims, the core of the claims, the manipulating of ballots, the changing of laws, using COVID as the excuse ahead of time, all these different things are the core. Right, All these different things coalesce, and there is vote fraud without a doubt, even though they want to debunk that reality check. Hang tight. I'm Sam Bushman. You are listening to the one and only Liberty Roundtable Live nationally syndicated radio program. Claiming 
liberty across the land. You're listening to Liberty News Radio. USA Radio News with Lance Pride. When President Obama released five Taliban commanders from the Guantanamo Bay prison in exchange for an American deserter in 2014, Obama assured Americans that dangerous enemy combatants would be transferred to Qatar and kept from causing any trouble in Afghanistan. Karula Kerkwa is the man leading the Taliban in Afghanistan's takeover, one of the five men released by Obama. Florida is seeing an uptick in COVID-19 cases. Dan Naraki explains. Thousands of students in one Tampa area school district are in isolation or quarantine after testing positive for COVID-19 or being labeled a close contact of someone who did. The Hillsborough County Public School District said Monday that 5,600 students and 316 employees of the district were in isolation or quarantine. The district's school board will hold an emergency session on Wednesday to discuss the best ways to mitigate the spread of the virus. The outbreak there coming as the state of Florida continues to see an uptick in reported cases, averaging more than 21,000 and new infections per day over the last seven days. USA Radio News. I'm looking forward to a play date with my granddaughter. Nana! <laughs> I can't wait to get together with my friends for a backyard barbecue. If you're 65 or older, you're starting to get back to doing things you love. Did you know even healthy adults 65 and older are at increased risk for pneumococcal pneumonia? It's a potentially serious bacterial lung disease that can disrupt your life for weeks. Help protect yourself with the Prevnar 13 pneumococcal 13 valent conjugate vaccine, diphtheria CRM197 protein. Prevnar 13 is approved for adults to help prevent infections from 13 strains of the bacteria that cause pneumococcal pneumonia. Prevnar 13 does not protect against all strains of the disease. Ask your doctor or pharmacist today about Prevnar 13. Learn more at Prevnar13.com. Don't get Prevnar 13 if you have had a severe allergic reaction to the vaccine or its ingredients. Adults with a weakened immune system may have a lower response to the vaccine. The most commonly reported side effect was pain at the injection site. For additional common side effects and full prescribing information, please call 1-866-694-9300 or visit Prevnar13.com. Return to the office hesitancy is a thing these days. Employers are not getting the message out due to the chance American leadership could drop us back into lockdowns. Tim Berg from the Phoenix USA Radio News Bureau has more. Some workers are still waiting to hear whether they'll return to the office amid a surge in coronavirus cases. A recent LinkedIn survey of nearly 3,000 workers found 36% still haven't heard whether they'll return or stay home. The latest COVID surge has already led some big companies to to delay their return to the office. Amazon's corporate employees in the United States won't have to come back until early January, while Wells Fargo is giving its employees two more months to work from home. From the USA Radio News Phoenix Bureau, I'm Tim Berg. Monterey Car Week's annual auction returned to California over the weekend. A 1995 McLaren F1 sold for a record-setting $20.5 million on Friday night at Gooding & Company's Pebble Beach Auctions. USA Radio News. All right, back with you live, ladies and gentlemen. Sam Bushman on your radio. Uh, Trump calls for Biden to resign over Afghanistan and over the fiascos for COVID, over the economy, over everything else under the sun. And I totally get that. At the same time, you know, they all said Trump should resign over everything under the sun, too. So that's not going to go anywhere, ladies and gentlemen. I'll tell you that right now. Also, quickly in the recap of yesterday's program, we talked about Loyola University in Chicago has more than 17,000 students. The 
university there wanted to say you can't even come on campus, much less attend school if you don't have your vaccinations. It's a disgrace. And the Loyola students objected based on the fetal line slash abortion connection since each of the three vaccine injections, Pfizer, Moderna, and J&J, were either produced or tested using fetal cell lines. And currently, J&J's vaccination right now has aborted fetal cell lines in their deployed shots right now. So the university students are saying, man, you know what? Being complicit with this is just unacceptable. It's against our moral code. It's sinning for us to back these uh, fetal lines and this, uh, you know, abortion uh, tie to the vaccinations. And we cannot be vaccinated. It compromises our pro-life stance. Well, anyway, the university doubled down, violated the students' rights, violated the law on the state level and the federal level as well. Thank heavens for Matt Staver and crew pushed back, changed the game. But as Dr. Scott Bradley and I pointed out yesterday on the radio as well, you know what, I appreciate that. I appreciate the win. But man, you know what, we've got to get bigger wins than this. We need to hold these people accountable. We also talked about look out for H.R. 4980. That is a bill to direct the Secretary of Homeland Security to ensure that anybody traveling on a flight that originates or terminates in the United States is vaccinated. Now, it's a bill that's in the United States House right now. Whacked out bill, I might add. Thank heavens it has no co-sponsors. But I'm telling you right now to look out and be aware of for H.R. 4980. I mean, it is a tyrannical bill like you would not believe. All right, without further ado, um, you know what? I've had a bunch of interviews from Freedom Fest that we've been playing back. And I wanted to save the best for last. I really did. Um, this is something that's really important. The Epic Times is one of the premier newspapers in America. They've done such a phenomenal job for so long uh, that it's shocking how good of a job they're doing. And I didn't really know too much about the Epic Times. I mean, I've researched them, and I've seen their news articles, and I've, I've known they've done a great job for a while. But, man, to learn about them more in detail and to learn about their origins and their history and their reporting and who they are and what they do and how they do it is just impressive, to say the least. So when I was at Freedom Fest, I was able to get with Joshua Phillip, award-winning investigative journalist and reporter. He's also the host of Crossroads for the Epic Times. Um, anyway, great stuff from Epic Times. Here is the interview with Josh Phillip. All right. Happy to have you along, my fellow Americans. Sam Bushman live reporting for FreedomFest.com. I'm telling you, it's Friday the 23rd. Uh, we're having a fantastic time. People are everywhere. Seminars, breakout sessions going on. Booths have people running around. I mean, it's just a Freedom Fest of all time in South Dakota. If you want to learn more, freedomfest.com. If you want to sign up for the streaming option, if you missed it, you can do that. And I think a lot of the uh, interviews and breakout sessions and speakers coming off the stage, details and all available if you get the streaming option. So check that out if you would, please. I'm live with LovingLiberty.net, our nationally syndicated radio network. This is Liberty Roundtable Live. I am Sam Bushman. And with me today, Joshua Phillip. He's an award-winning journalist. 
He's an investigative reporter and more. He's the host of Crossroads. That's the Epic Times broadcast. And he works for the Epic Times as what? A senior editor, investigator? A senior investigative reporter. Senior investigative reporter. All right, because you guys dig deep and do the real investigations, which most <laughs> folks don't do anymore, huh, sir? <laughs> it's a, unfortunate, but, you know, it leaves the playing field fairly open. That's a good thing in some ways, I guess. Now, tell me how you got that position, what you've done kind of prior to this. Uh, it was actually totally accidental. I've been working with Epic Times since 2006. And 2008, I went there for a summer internship. You know, I was a little bright-eyed, you know, college kid at the time. And uh, long story short, I accidentally uncovered one of the Chinese Communist Party's main spy operations, Whoa. which was the United Front Work Department. And uh, that led me into investigating not just the Chinese Communist Party and Chinese spies, but also local corrupt politicians, the Chinese mafia, and what they call Tongs, which are fraternal organizations that the CCP uses as basically arms to expand its power into foreign countries. Now, tell me about that, because Joe Biden's kind of, uh, <clears throat> with Hunter, a little bit at the center of some of that, right? Well, basically what Hunter went through would be a, a very classic example of what an operation like that would look like. And, you know, basically what the United Front is, is it's the Chinese Communist Party's method of subverting foreign communities, especially when it comes to gaining control of the elites of different countries. And the, the thinking is like this. If you can control the journalists, you can control the people in entertainment, you can control the uh, the think tanks, you can control the scientists, the professors, the politicians. Because you can you control the, whole the country. telling story arm is controlled. You control the country essentially. You control the politics. You, you know, if you control the think tanks, you control the policy. If you control the politicians, you control the government messaging and the sanctions and all that. If you control the staffers, you can influence the politicians. If you control the media, you control the population. If you control entertainment, you control the culture. And so they work on all these things. So what did you do before the Epic Times then? <laughs> I was just a student. I, okay, I mean, so I, I'm, a student, I'm a, that's all. I've been, I've been there since uh, 2006, so this has been my, my whole thing. Wow. Yeah. Now, the Epic Times has an interesting kind of a story to tell, too, about being censored and controlled. And it was kind of a bust out. We're going to, you know what, we're going to solve this once and for all stand. That's how the Epic Times kind of came into being, right? Uh, Epic Times actually started in 2000, and it was by a group of Chinese Americans who basically wanted to create a media that could not be censored by the Chinese Communist Party. Um, initially, it was going to be a media for, like, Chinatowns and things like that, and Hong Kong. And, you know, we were blacklisted in mainland China from the get-go, of course. Uh, we actually did have some reporters there who were working under, you know, kind of underground, but uh, every one of them was arrested. That's what I mean, though, by they kind of came out of this 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 tyranny this communist agenda uh, with their eyes wide open huh oh absolutely i mean you you could see epic times as being founded on the idea of exposing communist disinformation now am i am i pronouncing it right when i say epic times uh, yeah so te technically you, a few pronunciations epoch are times. correct epoch times is also correct uh, if you're an american epic times technically if you're british or canadian epoch but sometimes people say epoch anyways so. what if you're chinese yeah, you say epic. <laughs> <laughs> All right, there you go. Uh, so you've learned a lot in the last, uh, what, you've been with them two, since 2008, so 12 years, right? Uh, yeah, longer. Tell me about the journey a little bit. What have you learned? Um, well, you, you know, for me, a lot of my journey has been really exposing the Chinese Communist Party system for subversion. And so, over, you know, it began with me really digging into their whole systems of the United Front, spying, controlling elites. That led me into a, a broader research on what you call unrestricted warfare. 
basically the Chinese Communist Party's system of waging war through unconventional means. Business warfare, economic warfare, culture warfare, drug warfare. I mean, you name it. They have a name for every, pretty much every part of society. And the thinking with this is actually very simple. It's what would you want to achieve if you were to wage war in another country? What would you want to get out of it? How can you achieve those same goals through non-military means? And as the Communist Party, a system that basically controls every single part of the country, from foreign investment to businesses to students, they can use every single part of the country as if they were soldiers for an unconventional war. And they've learned that since it's about information, it's about positioning, it's about compromise, it's about all these things, they've learned how to do it without the hard crackdowns of yesteryear, huh? Now they still have the hard crackdowns of yesteryear, too. I mean... Uh, you have uh, 70 to 100 million people who practice Falun Gong, organ, live organ harvesting, re-education through labor, torture, genocide. You have the Muslim Uyghurs, slave labor, torture, genocide, live organ harvesting. 100 million house Christians persecuted. Uh, Tibetans persecuted. Inner Mongolians persecuted. Uh, what they just did to Hong Kong was, was terrible. The, the nature of the CCP hasn't changed at all. The difference is that the media is eating out of its hand, and so you don't hear much about it. How much control do they have over America? Uh, I would say a frightening amount of control. I, I would say if people knew the amount of control, they would feel sick to their stomachs. What do we do, sir? Well, you expose it as one thing. You know, you know I, to be honest, I, th I think I, was, I didn't really see a whole lot of hope with it until Trump came into play. And uh, he started sanctioning them and going after Chinese spies working at universities and compromised academics and businesses that were... You know, the Chinese companies in the stock market, just to give one example, they can't be audited. They can say whatever they want on the books. They can say, oh, we had 10% growth last year and every year for the past 15 years. Look at this. You should invest in our company. They're stealing your money. Right? They, don't have the, they don't have it to back it, but the CCP prevents the audits to have them investigated. The few times they have been investigated, you find the whole thing was a big Ponzi scheme. And the CCP stands for Chinese Communist Party? That is correct. And they got the U.S. Communist Party, too, going on. <laughs> yeah, I, th I think we have a few of them now, yeah. <laughs> are, they, are they in link blatantly, directly? Uh, actually, yes, they are. So uh, several of them work very close. Several of them have close ties to the Communist Party of China, you could say. Uh, BLM has close ties to the Communist Party of China, Democratic Socialists of America. It's not only BLM, it's all the way through to the NBA. Yeah, well, you know, that, that's one thing we've seen is that the CCP can exert control over a lot of institutions by control of basically money. And the way it worked was this. It's control of money, but it's also control of narrative, isn't it? Yes, that's, act that's true as well. They control the narratives, they control the finances. You know, and, and they saw that there's a lot of material interest in the United States, and they realized that for them could be a system of control. And so they can, for example, get foreign investors here in the U.S. to invest in China. And you know, if the individuals want to speak out against the CCP, they can slap their hands right down and tell them, no, you get in line, you defend our you know, slave labor and human rights abuses, or your, your money's gone. And you see a lot of these big businesses going along with it. What about these sister city programs and everything else that on the surface seem innocent enough, right? Those, That's part of it, isn't it? Any, any, anything like that would be a vehicle for the CCP to use. They would not have anything like that that they cannot use strategically to advance their interests. How do we expose them? I know the Epic Times is doing a great job at everything else, but the average American still isn't aware. So we've got our sphere of influence where people are, you know, kind of watching what we do and talk shows like mine and shows like yours and Epic Times. We're all doing a great job. I'm not downing any of our efforts. But 
we can't get the word out enough, can we? Well, it, it's one of the biggest issues in the world right now. And I, I actually think that it's become one of the bigger topics. I think especially the virus made it a big topic when people watched how the CCP lied to the World Health Organization and lied to the whole world through it. How they seeded the virus to every part of the world by restricting travel within China but allowing it outside of China. Uh, how they manufactured the model for the mask mandates and the lockdowns and how they lied to the world again through the World Health Organization to make it seem like that worked. Um, and then in addition to that launch what they call wolf warrior diplomacy, this really hostile form of diplomacy that really actually had the opposite effect. You saw a lot of countries, Australia, Japan, India, really take a harder stance against the CCP. All right. Tell me about your Crossroads show. So Crossroads is the show I do for Epic Times, and it's an analysis and investigation show. So I, I do three live, in, I do I do three live shows a week, which is news analysis and investigation, and, and news video, analysis, right? video, yep. yep. And then I do documentaries as well. And so last year, for example, I did this documentary investigating the origin of the Wuhan coronavirus, and that had over a hundred million views before Facebook decided to people shouldn't be able to see it. And, uh, you know, really we dug into the possible origin of the virus and almost everything we reported now has uh, been proven true. And what do we do now that it's proven true? <laughs> well, now, now we press our governments. Because they're, they're really ready to mask us and vax us and everything else, right? Well, yeah, they're saying now if you, you know, not have people with the vaccines, you might get the lockdowns again. So they, they are pushing for this. And, you know, the reality is I think it was deeply politicized. You know, I, I think the virus is real, personally, but I think it was deeply politicized, and people saw that there's, you know, as the CCP would say, in crisis, there's opportunity. Yes. Well, the flu's real, too, but it hasn't melted down our society. <laughs> well, it's a, it seems like a kind of a bad flu is, is what it is, it seems. All right. Where do we go from here with the Epic Times? I think it's going to grow. I think more people are kind of understanding and gaining ground all the time. Uh, but, man, we got a lot of you know need to kind of help people understand they say hey you have kind of overcome the tech censorship as a people that's why you're here but now you can sign up for free and get involved in the polls to know what's going on in america uh, is the epic times pretty much just in a uh, what do you want to call it a worldwide freedom view but pitched to americans or is it worldwide or what uh, epic times is <clears throat> I, I believe like 33 countries 23 languages i think even more now as a matter of fact we just launched a newspaper in Germany. We were there before. We have wow. a big publication in Israel. We're in, we have Arabic. We're in Japan. Uh, we're in Korea. We're in France. We're big in the U.K., all through Latin America. We have a big Brazilian edition. Uh, Epic Times is pretty much everywhere. I think in the U.S. we're fairly popular, and a lot of other countries are fairly popular as well. So what does it mean for the future then? How do we prevent Epic Times from getting censored? At some point, they're going to really try to crack down on that too, right? Well, well, there's some good news on that. That is that they've already censored us in almost every way they possibly can, and it doesn't work. So, uh, you know, we, we've built a very resilient business model based on subscriptions. Uh, so one is funding. We got that squared away. What about them controlling the internet? They got those shutoff switches and stuff like that, right? Well... Yeah, we, we're, they we're working on some stuff. Let's put it that way. I bring that up because Donald Trump's trying to work on stuff. There's a lot of people that are working on things. Ben Swan, yeah. uh, along with other people, have been working on some stuff. Uh, the radio network that I run, I own, and we built ourselves. We don't depend on a lot of the funding from Google or anything else, so we haven't been really censored near like other people. But it's an it's an epic cat and mouse battle kind of a thing, isn't it? Well, you know, let's put it this way: I think, I think everybody's realizing that. After what happened to Parler, after the elections, that they can they can destroy any business on a whim if they want to, if you're using their systems. And so, 
I think any liberty-minded people with the ability to do so has been looking into building their own systems to make sure that doesn't happen. And I think as that happens, as that is built, you know, from a free market standpoint, that's a huge business opportunity. For sure. Because, you know, who wants to be on the system that can kill your business overnight over some political issue? For sure. I've been telling people since 96 to build their own um, networks and their own systems and everything else. I did that with the Liberty News Radio and Loving Liberty Networks that we're involved in and stuff. Uh, are people really building enough on the video side? Um it's coming up, I would say. You know, we, we just launched Epic TV, and so that's our new video platform, which is uncensored, using our own technologies, using our own system. Is that, uh, do, do I go to Epic Times for that, or do I go to Epic TV? Uh, you can go to the Epic Times website for that, but it's also at epochtv.com. Okay. And you say that that way because it helps you spell it. Yeah, I'm saying for spelling, yeah. Understood. Just and, right. and to confuse people, you know. <laughs> <laughs> what, uh, is your show going to continue and get more daily? What's the plans? Uh, yeah, so we're, we're also on cable. We have a sister media, NTD, and so they run a lot of our programming as well. We're on, you know, geez, 20, more than 25 million homes now. We're uh, broadcast on Sky News in the U.K. We, a, lot of different, uh, a lot of different cable broadcasters carry us. So China's a key investigation in the compromising that's been going on around the world with the CP, uh, CCP and others. Um, I know that the you know Wuhan, whatever, virus and all that, a big kind of discussions and everything else. What are the other investigative pieces you guys are going to be working on and coming out with? What are, what are their hot topics? <laughs> Vote fraud's one of them, right? We've been covering that pretty extensively. In, yes. fact, I, in fact, I did a documentary about that uh, soon after the elections, which uh, had a pretty big impact, I believe. Uh, we've been ongoing on that. We broke a lot of the stories when it came to Spygate, a.k.a. Crossfire Hurricane. Um, going forward, we actually just launched a new initiative, which is our Defending America initiative, kind of our answer to the, uh, to the New York Times' 1619 project. But really, uh, the difference is, is ours is based on fact, where theirs Imagine is that. based on fantasy. And so uh, trying to set the record straight on all this. What's it going to be called? Uh, Defending America. So I want to look for Defending America, Epic Times, to get kind of the details on that coming up. Yep, and uh, if you go to our website, theepictimes.com, uh, we have a big banner at the top so you can find what we're doing with it. All right, what else? Anything else? Uh, uh, ongoing battle, and uh, we're launching a couple magazines, just launched our TV uh, to TV network, and uh, uh, pushing forward to expand the print newspapers in different countries and across the United States. Where do you live? Uh, currently in New York. New yeah. York. Whoa. Yeah. <laughs> you got to live there to work for them or not? Uh, and, unfortunately. It's, uh, it's, right, I was going to say go west, young man. Uh, yeah, believe, <laughs> yep. me, believe me, my heart is west. Do you have to travel across the country and on the world? Uh, I, I travel pretty much half of every month lately. All right, because traveling is getting less fun too, right? No, I, I enjoy it. I enjoy it. You know, it, it's, it, let's put it this way. You know, when, when you're in New York, the greatest thing about New York is every other place in the world looks better. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Think Donald's going to be president again? Uh, I, I personally do. Yes. You do? I, I, think, I think the voting reform taking place across the U.S., the number of states that have put voting reform in, uh, the audits especially, the very likely case that the Democrats are going to lose control, at least of the House. Uh, in 22. I, I think 22, they're going to lose control of the House. I think, I think Trump has a serious chance of getting back in. Does he become Speaker of the House and then get back in that way, or does he wait and somebody else does that on his behalf? How do you think it unfolds? <laughs> I, I mean, it'd be a funny move if he did. I, I think he's planning for 2024. He's just not saying it because he, because of campaign finance laws, he can't announce it yet. And so he's kind of beaten around well, the Well, he's a whole there. lot more flexible and can do more what he wants if he doesn't announce yet, right? Well, you know, in a funny way, he's almost more effective right now where he's at because, you know, from the executive level, being the president, he, he was able to affect things on the policy level, but because people were blocking him and stuff like that. He, he, he put a lot of judges in. He changed the culture, I think, of this country politically, 
really he he created a new party. The Republican Party now is not the Bush Republican Party. They're they're a different party. Technically, Trump turned the Republican Party into like the Tea Party. Yeah, that's, the that's what it is now. Run. And now and now you're having him hit things in the grassroots, which yes. is actually where the Democrats. I mean, not even Democrats, like Democratic Socialists of America, typically ran things, and so. That grassroots activist standpoint, Republicans and conservatives, the libertarians, they don't get involved in that. And so this is the new phenomenon, that they are getting involved in that. And Trump is affecting things now from that level of society, which I think, you know, we've only been a year into it and already I think you see the momentum of it. Um, I give it a couple years. I think this is going to really change the fabric of this country. Are you going to be attending the Mike Lindell uh, document party? Oh, is that tonight? <laughs> no, no, no. It's a Mike Lindell in August is supposed to meet with everybody in South Dakota. Uh, not here, but at, uh, what's that other city? Um, shoot. Anyway, one of the other cities in South Dakota, and he's going to be having an evidence uh, where he's going to lay out all the evidence of vote fraud that he has and the proof uh, of using the digital footprints of routers and details. They've, they've tracked all the packets, and they can prove where they came from, and they prove that it was all ran through the Chinese communists and stuff like this. Mike Lindell says he's willing to give $5 million to those who can prove him wrong, prove it false. Yeah, and well, he's supposed to have a big uh, event about it. Well, you know, I'm, uh, I'm, I'm on good terms with Mike, and I follow his stuff. He, he does some interesting work, and uh, it's interesting watching, the, you know, I mean, on the grassroots note, that a guy who sells pillows is, like, leading this cultural movement in this country, basically. You know? It's fascinating, but you know what? If, if if nobody else will, why not, right? <laughs> yeah. But you know that that that's the spirit of things right now. I think this is, I, th- I think that's emblematic of where America is right now. That you know your 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 plumber and your your local construction guy are becoming like activists and stuff like this. You know? All right, I know you're a busy guy and you got to fly. One final, do you have a comment to the world? What would you say if you could tell the world anything? What would it be? Um, <clears throat> I, I would say that I think you know the, I think the conflict we see in the United States is not just a U.S. issue. This is a global issue. And frankly, a lot of the same methods being used in the U.S., racial divisions and so on, are being used everywhere. Um, in Latin America and Brazil, I have friends telling me they're doing the same thing there. Because you have black Brazilians, you have uh, you know Native American Brazilians, you have European Brazilians. It's the same thing. And understanding, I think, the global landscape helps give a lot of clarity with this. This is a battle between freedom and socialism. And you're saying freedom's popular. Freedom is more popular, I'd say. Amen to that. Joshua Phillip, thank you so much. Award-winning investigative reporter for Epic Times and host of Crossroads, their award-winning broadcast. Thank you for your time, sir. Hey, my pleasure. Thank you. EpicTimes.com. This is Liberty Roundtable Live. All right, back with you live, ladies and gentlemen. Sam Bushman on your radio. Incredible interview with Josh of the Epic Times. Uh, ep- TheEpicTimes.com, one of the premier magazines, uh, newspapers, organizations, whatever you want to say, news distribution um, outlets in the world today, uh, cutting their teeth on uh, jettisoning communism, understanding who the Communist Party really is, and that the Communist Party has multiple faces, even in the United States today. What a disgrace it is. Uh, but our prayers are with the Epic Times, and what an incredible interview. Josh doing a great job. And we're grateful for him and his involvement there. Um, the other last point that I want to make before the end of the hour here, we're about out of time. They've got this Tesla, what do they call it, autopilot investigation going on. Hey, you know, when you put your car in autopilot, the thing crashes, it kills people, it's not really good, and we're going to investigate. And can I just be blunt with these people from an IT point of view? I'm an IT guy for a living, right? Uh, you know what? You don't need a big old investigation. 
when you put a computer in charge, computers don't understand risk-reward analysis like humans do. Okay, they don't have that fundamental pro-life understanding. They don't have that desire to, um, you know what, proceed with caution. Okay, what it does is it analyzes and says, hey, all's cool that I see. All's cool that I know. Proceed. And computers are great at that kind of procedure. But if you think that a computer's ever going to have the internal compass of a human, of a person who thinks through things and says, listen, that's too risky. I'm not doing that. Uh, I care about life. I want to, oh, let's be careful here. Okay, you got a gut sense in your human body. Some call it the light of Christ. Some call it the Holy Ghost. Some call it the Spirit of God. Some call it, you know, karma. Whatever, whatever word you want to use to describe this, ladies and gentlemen, it exists in people. And that sixth sense, if you will, that conscience, that that intuition of a human, cannot be replaced by a computer and never will be. So I appreciate automated vehicles in certain circumstances, but ladies and gentlemen, let's not pretend we're ready for prime time because Elon Musk might be a smart guy, but he ain't that smart, ladies and gentlemen. Proof is in the pudding. Just thought I'd sound off on that one. Thanks for being alongside for the ride. Two hours in the can, hard-hitting talk. I am Sam Bushman. You are listening to the one and only Liberty Roundtable Live nationally syndicated radio program. Spread the word. Tell your neighbor. Live and on-demand radio free at your fingertips. LovingLiberty.net for the Android and the iPhone apps. They're free. If you want to donate, LibertyRoundtable.com, LovingLiberty.net. Every penny will help us promote our presence in the media. I am Sam Bushman. God save the Republic of the United States of America. <laughs>